Yankees are going to throw to Vladdy. He's at the plate with two out in the 10th. The pitch. Swing and a line drive. Base hit into left field. The Blue Jays are going to win it. Bisio scores. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. delivers in the 10th. The Blue Jays race onto the field. The uh, the decision to pitch to Guerrero with first base open there at the end. Uh, out Kirk on deck. That was just the matchup you wanted. I mean, you don't really like either of those matchups. Um, so it's, you know, pick your poison, you know. And, and with uh, add Bichette to that mix, you know, we, we talked a little bit about there. If Once we got Springer, do we put him on to try and set up some kind of ground ball? Um, uh, once we got that, you know, with two outs there, you know, obviously you're going to pitch careful, but with Kirk behind them, it's, it's pick your poison. So there you go. If you're Alejandro Kirk's agent, congratulations. Aaron Boone just made you a crap ton of money. Basically saying your guys like Vladdy, you got to pick your poison. We got Kirk on deck. Mm. So we'll pitch to Vladdy. Um, you have any idea in the bottom of the 10th inning why you wouldn't pitch to Matt Chapman instead of Vladdy and Kirk. Why don't you walk those two, load the bases with two out? <laughs> How come you don't do that? I mean, you don't have to pick your poison. You pick the guy who you can throw a fastball to a bunch of the time, yeah. a little elevated, maybe get him out. I I mean, I'm not the the guy standing in the dugout with the New York Yankees, but I'm just thinking if you got an opportunity to walk two guys in the bottom of the 10th inning to load the bases with two outs, to pitch to a guy that's not as good as the first two guys that you're going to walk to load the bases, I am I missing something here? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I, really, I mean, I listen. Th- this is the thing about about extra innings and uh, the way they're decided. I've almost come to the conclusion that if I'm managing a team and I'm on the road and it goes to extra innings and I don't score in the first in, in the tenth inning, I'm basically managing as if I've lost the game. Let's shut it down. Let's come back tomorrow. You know, that's why I always say, if you're on the road and you're in extra innings, you're playing for two runs. Well, let's be honest. You got you're lucky. playing for two you, runs. In the bottom of the 10th, you got lucky. George Springer had a non-competitive at bat. Bo Bichette, who's the second hottest hitter in September in baseball, now you got two outs. So you got lucky there. You, yep. got, you got two guys out with that, that guy at second base even moving to third base. So now you got an opportunity to walk two guys to get to a lesser hitter. I mean, you just it's the bottom of the 10th inning. Like, what do you got to lose here? You're, it's either, okay, do I face Vladdy, who's got 30 and 90? Do I face Kirk, who, can, who has bat-to-ball skills? Or do I face Matt Chapman, who I have all day been throwing fastballs to and can't be hit, hadn't hit it? So why would I throw to either one of them to pitch the Matt Chapman? I, look, it's, sometimes I think it's right in front of you, and maybe you just a little overthink it. The uh, Jays beat the Yankees 3-2 yesterday. Vladdy Jr. walking it off last night, more exact. Vladdy Jr. walking it off, thus delaying the Yankees' celebration, clinching the title. Their magic number is still at two. Uh, the Jays' magic number for clinching a playoff spot is at three after the Orioles beat the uh, Red Sox last night. That must have been just a god-awful night at Fenway Park. Rain delay, 
Red Sox stink. I just, it must have been just a horrible, horrible night uh, at, at Fenway Park. Uh, game two of this three-game series goes tonight. Jose Barrios on the mound for the Blue Jays. Jameson Tyone for the New York Yankees. Aaron Judge still sitting on history. Hasn't achieved it yet, but is still sitting on history. And Kevin, that's the, the storylines of this series are very simple. There's a chance that both of these teams clinch, well, in the case of the Jays, clinch a playoff spot. In the, case of the, in the case of the Yankees, clinch a division title, and Aaron Judge could set the AL record for home runs. So there's a lot at, there's a lot at stake in this particular series. And it was kind of interesting yesterday because I was wondering how, I was wondering how fans would react to Aaron Judge and how the Jays would approach Aaron Judge and ultimately what the fan reaction would be like should a situation arise as we saw uh, in the 10th inning with uh, Aaron Judge being intentionally walked, bringing Anthony Rizzo to the plate, Anthony Rizzo grounding out to first. Mm-hmm. Look, I, I've, I've been clear all along. I, I, this, is about, this is about the Blue Jays. If Aaron Judge hits a home run here and sets history, that's great. But to me, this is about the Blue Jays. And that decision to me was an absolute no-brainer. I'm, I'm just not going to let Aaron Judge beat me. I, I'm, I'm just not. If I got first base open, I'm putting him on. And more than anything else, I think what it was, it was a real show of confidence in Tim Mesa, too. Yeah, well, look, it's, it's, it's sort of a no-brainer, but you've got to have enough guts to do it. That, that that's the whole point. Yeah. Rizzo's not a you know he's got thirty two big ones. Like it's not like you're you're walking a guy to get to a guy that's you know got five or six homers and who can't use the entire field. I'll take my chance though. Tim Mesa against Anthony Rizzo. Well, absolutely, I'll take, I'll take that chance. I'll absolutely. take that chance. Le- lefties are hitting a buck seventy off of Tim Mesa, so you 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 figure you've got a pretty good opportunity to have some weak contact. You know, maybe hit it at somebody. And that's sort of what happened. You go into a series, what do you want? not want to do? Let the best hitter on the other team beat you. Well, the best hitter is the biggest guy standing over there that's playing. So, yeah, it's, it's a no-brainer. For me, Judge looks like he's a little late on the hater, and he's trying to get the ball in the air. A little bit more uppercut than usual, right? And does that have anything to do with pressure? Is it a marathon, not a sprint? Could be a lot of things that go into that. It's just funny that Gosman threw him a bunch of sliders. I, that that's the funny thing to me. His out pitch is his split finger. It's and I'm gonna t- about, I'm gonna attack you with Judge, haters. Judge can has Judge I, hasn't homered off off a uh, off a splitter this year. I'm gonna well, I'm gonna do it against a a elevated heater and some split fingers, and he throws him a bunch of sliders, and that's, that's just and he didn't have a, a a ton of velocity early in the game, which is a little odd. You know, we saw more 90, 91s. Mm-hmm. Saw some 93s up until the fourth inning, and then you're starting What's to see the 91 95. pitch. No What's idea. What's that pitch that he threw? That no, was idea. coming in around 91.3 or 91.3. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I've, t- I've texted some people, and some people don't want to tell me what it is. So I, 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 I mean, mean what, I, did he invent a new pitch, or is it a. Like, I'm, yeah, I'm asking because it's. Well, inventing a new pitch, I'm not real sure of that. I mean, I, I think he's trying to get some weak contact early to go a little deeper in games because you can't make a habit out of using as many bullpen arms. Obviously, it went right. into extra innings, so you had to use a, a couple of extra guys. But 
It's I, you know I think they're this time of the year doing what they have to do. You know it's the put away pitches for me with Kevin Gosman and the slider last night. He gave up five of the six hits. And he gave up six hits. Five of them were two strikes. Three of those two strike hits were o two pitches. Like that for me, probably when you're facing the better teams, that has to be a little bit better. But he's an intact guy. He's not going to nibble. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna come. I'm not walking you. I'm gonna come right after you. Here's my stuff. You know again, it's more about the usage of the slider yesterday, the two strikes. But he did enough. That's what you do this time of the year when you're a good pitcher. You're on a good team. You got a good lineup. You got a good defense. You run the bases the way you're supposed to. You do little things enough to get you a little deeper in game. Somebody can somebody can get a big hit, and that's what happened yesterday. Is there such a thing as someone being due? Six games without a home run now for Judge. That's not a crisis, obviously. Yeah, I think he's went nine games this year without hitting a homer. Do strong. Like, just sometimes I think you you could try too hard. It looked to me like he's uppercutting. He's got a little bit more uppercut in his swing. He's trying to hit a homer. I, I've tried to hit homers in batting practice. It's hard. Like, a guy's throwing it where you want him to throw it. It's it's hard. Now you're trying when everybody's watching. You saw the same game that I saw that everybody was standing up with their little camera on their cell phone, you know, videotaping. He sees the same exact thing that we see. Now, now all of a sudden, he's trying to live up to that. You know, those two homers might be the hardest two homers he's ever going to try and hit in his career. And do I look? Is he due? He's got sixty. I I don't know if he's due or not. I I do think it's you know how do you sort of eliminate knowing that a pitcher knows where you're at when it comes to what you're trying to do as an individual, and then not chasing to try and do too much. A lot to ask. Like you're, he's a human being. Like he's you know he's well, he wants to break it. I mean, he's a, I know what he says. But you know he does. Like he's he's a human being. So he's a he's a really really good hitter who's hitting well over three hundred. Which will tell you if he just lets it travel, stays with that level swing that he's had most of the year because he is Aaron Judge. The ball will leave the yard. I mean it's that simple. Like just don't. I, it's not for me to say because I've never hit sixty in a season. But if you could tell him if you're on his team, and I'm sure they've had conversations, and I'm sure Aaron Boone's had conversations with, just take a. You know, deep breath, walk up there, be yourself. Don't try and go outside the box and do too much. If you do that because of who you are and how good of a player you are, the ball will end up going where you want it to go. And, you know, he had good at-bats yesterday. He just didn't hit a ball out of the yard. Kevin Gossman had some interesting comments after the game yesterday about the whole scene surrounding the uh, you know Aaron Judge's home run chase. And it was kind of, again, I was interested in what the reaction was going to be to the way the Jays were pitching him. And there are fans here. Obviously, there are fans here from New York. There's quite a few fans here from New York. Um, And, of course, we saw last night there were people dressed in, you know, the judge, dressed up like judges. Um, But this was Kevin Gossman after the game talking about... um, just the atmosphere and then you had some comments about the balls as well and the only reason the balls come in interests me is because it's something we kind of referred to with with kevin gossman so lance let's let's play kevin kevin gossman just talking about the atmosphere and getting booed in his own park and and, and things of that nature uh, kevin, first off, I think it's smart. Um, you know, obviously, uh, 
you know, the fans want to see him hit 61, obviously. And so, you know, you're going to get uh, some booze with, with a decision like that. But, you know, we're, we're trying to make the postseason. We're trying to win games. And, um, you know, the smartest move right there is to not let the best guy on their team beat you, right? And so, um, you know, and take a chance with a guy on in Tim that's throwing the ball really well. Um, just a good lefty-on-lefty matchup. And so, uh, you know. Um, I wasn't surprised by it at all, but, you know, probably not a, a popular opinion. Knowing the history that Aaron Jacobs went through, what was it like to face him in his at-bats? Was that always in the back of your mind? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, you can kind of tell just the, the atmosphere anytime he comes up. Uh, you know, people are standing up all of a sudden, and it seems like everybody has their phone out. And so you kind of know... You know, and the umpire gives you a different ball, and so that's uh, that's kind of different. Um, you know, I think there's something to be said about that. I don't, I don't necessarily think we should be doing that, but um, yeah, you know, obviously, uh, you know, I'm, I don't want to give up 61, and so, you know, trying to make good competitive pitches, and um, you know, I didn't like the fact that they booed me when I walked them, but you know. Uh, you know, hopefully that's the last time they boo me here, but um, probably won't be the last time. But, um, you know, I thought that was unique. But obviously everybody knows th- the chase right now. And so, um, but like I said, you know, we're trying not to let that guy beat us. Kevin, you said you, didn't, you don't want to, you'd want to give up 61, but you kind of went after him. And what was your approach going, going into it? Yeah, I mean, um, you know, not any more so than any other start you know it's not like uh you know i'll give up a home run to judge today but not if it's 61 uh you know that's not the thinking but um yeah you know just don't want to be uh, an answer to a trivia question you know so um that more than anything um you know but obviously a great great player who's having an unbelievable season and so pitch him smart you know and and know that uh you know, take my chances facing some of the other guys. What I love about Kevin Gossman is when you talk to him after a game and you could tell that he's kind of processing stuff as he's talking and that I really want to say something. I don't know if I should say something. Then I really want to get back to it. I don't know if I really should. Then I really want to get back to it. Well, eventually he got back to the balls. And I, w- I pointed this out yesterday in social media. We know that, that any time... Uh, anytime Major League Baseball, any, anytime anybody's near a record, they mark up the ball so that it's a process of authentication, right? Mm-hmm. Even now, it, it doesn't even have to be a record. There's a Major League Baseball authenticator at every game. Dude is beside the dugout. Ball comes out of the game. It could be Kevin Barker's 200th career hit. Ball comes out of the game. The authenticator gets it, marks down on the ball that, you know, Kevin Barker 200th hit, blah, 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 enters it in a book, gives it a serial number so that there's absolutely no doubt uh, about the authenticity of it. Well, with Aaron Judge's pursuit, the balls are marked. The balls that are being thrown to him are marked to differentiate themselves from the regular balls. Um, this is what Kevin Gossman does say about that, because if you know Kevin Gossman, I tried to go back and find out what game it was, but do you think earlier this year, there was a game where the home plate umpire, like Kevin Gossman's finicky about the balls, and mm-hmm. there was a game where he was taking the ball, throwing it aside. Remember when we were talking about the seams and the finish and blah, blah, blah? He'd throw a ball aside. He'd take this ball, throw it aside, and finally the home plate umpire, I can't remember who it was, just took his mask off, walked in front and go, dude, like we're running out of balls. 
Like, you know, we can't, we, we can't keep doing this. So I was interested in whether or not Gossman would just to kind of screw with Judge a little bit as well, take a look at a couple of the magic Judge balls and throw them out. Well, he didn't do that, but he did have some thoughts about the whole marking up the ball thing. Lance, play this, this clip, please. You, you mentioned you don't think they should swap out the balls. Why not? Uh, you know, I just, like, just why does he need a different baseball, you know? Like, if we're writing something on it beforehand, I think he's going to get the baseball no matter what, right? You know, so um, it's just like, what, like, why do we need different baseballs? Like, you know, why can, why can I get Stanton out on a slider with that baseball, but I can't get, you know, Aaron Judge out? Uh, you know, I get it, but... Um, just a weird thing that every time he comes up, you know, they're they're asking to throw out the baseball. Was there anything different about them at all? Like I, I didn't see them up close. Is, is there any writing on them that you noticed? Or yeah, there's some marking on it. Um, you know, it looks like someone just took a sharpie and, and wrote something on it. Uh, you know, I don't know. You know, obviously I know why they're doing it, um, but you know, kind of weird. No different feel though. To it. No, no, I didn't feel anything different. Um, you know, that was my first thought right away was, all right, I'm going to make sure this ball isn't, uh, you know, any harder than any of the other ones. But, um, you know, I didn't feel anything different. All right. Now that is, you understand, pitchers are, you know, pitchers are different animals. Pitchers are different animals. Um, and, and I don't know what, I don't know if, if Kevin Gossman is saying that the ball was different and he couldn't throw a slider with, I mean, I don't. Again, you didn't sound like he said that. Didn't say, what, what did you say? He threw four sliders that 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 first. And it's, and it's, no, and it's third, and it's third bat. And his first bat, he threw fat, three fast balls and a slider. A slider. It, right. The first bat didn't matter. I mean, he's yeah. the first batter of the game, so you're so getting you're the balls get, already. It, right. It's not like you're having to wait for the umpire to get different yeah. baseballs while you're standing out there going, "Let's go, dude!" Like I need the baseball. I think that's basically what it is. I think it's the it's the an inconvenience for him. Routines. Yeah, right. which is. I no offense. <laughs> well, you're a hitter. I know you're not good. But really? Like, I, I don't want to be that person that says, but really? But I'm going to be that person. I, I I just don't understand. Like, I Kevin had a really good night. He's a really good pitcher. But he's searching. Like, I, that, I think, that, for, you know what, though, that I, for me is just, man, it's, it's only two at-bats. Like, it's the second and third at-bat. I, I, I get it. It's a big deal. People we, are coming there basically not only to watch you as a good pitcher and a really on a really good team. Plus, the Yankees are a really good team. Plus, Judge is trying to do something that's never seen a ton. Yeah, it's, uh, so it's for you. Just I think that's at least for what I'm understanding is is Las Diaz has to stand over there and actually hold his little mask out and go give me those balls. And you're standing out there going. TikTok, buddy. TikTok. I'm still. Wait, I'm still standing Listen, out here waiting I got on that. I think is I what he's referring to. I got a theory for this because I think what we've seen in baseball this year, there's there's a split between pitchers and hitters. Hitters just spent all year bitching about the shift, and right and and rightfully so. I mean, I'm not they, you know, but hitters have bitched about the shift. People Certain have been hitters. bitching about most. People have been bitching about the baseball. Now you're bringing in a pitch clock. And now the pitchers are going to get the red ass because of it. I just think that what's happened is that this is this is just a reaction to the fact that everybody's pissed off at everybody else right now, which is and it's September, which is a good thing. You kind of want that. But I just think that this is a this is a reaction to just kind of 
people don't they, like the Yankees and enough's enough. You're coming to our park yeah, and I have to stand out here no, and do you that. Don't I think that. a little just bit of that's get, it. You know, He's it, a competitor. But it's also, give me the ball and let me pitch it. Like, really? We're doing it. You're going to bring the pitch it's, clock in next year. We're going to do this. We're going to do that. Figure bases. I can't step off. Like, if you're, if I was a pitcher, I'd be kind of, yes, if you're a pitcher, you've had it your way I mean, for, for, for a decade. But now if I'm a pitcher, I'm saying, oh, wait a minute. Now I can't. You're, you're limiting the number of times I can yeah, throw yeah, over to yeah. first. Like, pitchers are pitchers are grumpy. The only, and you know what? I'd do the same thing if yeah. I was Kevin Gossman. You would have? Oh, hell yeah. I don't know if he means it. He probably doesn't mean it. I, he the probably only, doesn't give a rat's ass th- about it. The, but I think it sounds good to, like, kind of poke poke the, the barrel. The only bit. thing I could think of is is uh, that when Barrios gets those balls, they might be bigger, and he might hang a, a breaking ball right down the middle to Barrios. That's when oh, I was listening to him talk. I, 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 I didn't hear a word Kevin said. I was just thinking to myself, man, and when he gets those different balls, you think it's going to spin different? Might be right down the middle, center cut, something to get the head out on? I mean, because I, you can tell he's trying to create loft. He got a little uppercut. He's, he's, he's dipping the backside. I mean, you can see it. It, it doesn't take a, a no. specialist as a hitting coach to go, whoa, whoa, look what you're doing. He's trying to hit one. So that's the first thing I thought of. I mean, I give him credit for saying it out loud. Would I have said it? Absolutely not. I mean, you, you, you basically did exactly what you wanted to do. You got him fun. out. I think it's good fun. You got him out, and you won the game. And you were really, really good. And you did it differently with more sliders than you did split fingers, which is kind of cool for me, and that will tell you that he can adapt and do things. The use of Jordan Romano in a uh, tie game at home. Why is that a big deal? Because I think a lot of people just uh, generally, well, I mean, I'll tell you why it is. I mean, if you think back, if you think back, the the Jays have had guys closing games who aren't very good in a non-closing situation. Yeah, that's that's what and, that's a bigger lead, not a tie game. Tie games are different. Tie games a ninth inning, you're on air at home. You had your music playing. I mean, you coming out, everything's the same. It's not like you were coming in to, you know, hold a you're losing by two runs. No, it's a tie game. So that for me is you used them exactly when you were supposed to use them. Well, I think that it was less the inning and as as as, as it was the also the, the hitters that were coming up too. Yeah, I yeah, I mean right? I I mean who did he face? He faced he faced four, five, six. That who he faced. Yeah, he faced Donaldson is a little old. He is Donaldson, old. Stanton, and Why you throwing a bunch of fastballs? You, you know, the older you get, the slower you get. Bat speed's no different. That's what you get. And that's why maybe you're seeing Romano to split, uh, flip a bunch of uh, sliders to younger guys. Younger guys can get the head out on velocity. They're looking for it. They're cheating to get to Older it. Older guys are they're, a little tired young. now. Absolutely. It's late in the so year. what do you do? You speed them up. You yeah. just. Fl- uh, Elevate it, just crowd him with it. Exactly how he threw Donaldson. That first pitch to Donaldson, he's cheating to get the head out. Uh, we're going to be joined, by the way, by Jason Stark, Brian Anderson, and Joe Siddle. Uh, very quickly, we spend so much time talking about Teoscar Hernandez when he isn't going well. Uh, Teoscar Hernandez is on a bit of a roll right now. You look hard to you? <laughs> no. <laughs> Funny how that foot looks okay when you're hitting doubles off the. Uh, off the top of the wall, just missed a grand slam by by an eyelash. What are you seeing differently from Teoscar? Because this is now what this is an eight game. This is eight games where he's been he's been making an impact. We call that well, you know, a lot of good hitters call that hitting in a phone booth, which every that's Explain small that. small spaces. It's not big movements like he's not out and around. He's talked about that a lot with Hazel whenever he does the little interviews that they do before games and after games. That he'll be out and around. He's late. He's playing catch up. Like he's got some windmill to it because his lower half is not connected to his upper half. Like the timing's just not there with his little hip turns. Sometimes when he turns. 
turns with his lower half, his upper half follows, which you lose both eyes on the baseball. What you can't see, you can't hit kind of thing. He just looks comfortable to me. It looks quiet. It looks small. The movements are small. He has confidence. He looks healthy. And he's getting a good pitch to hit. The good pitch to hit thing might be the most important thing out of all those. Because it's like almost like Vladdy. When he swings at a ball that's three feet in off the plate, is it a bad swing? Or did you swing at a bad pitch? Because if you swing at a good pitch, your swing's not going to look like that. Teoscar's no different, right? He wants to be short to it and long through it. You see, I've always told you this. Don't look how they start, especially dudes that can go where he can go. Don't look how they start. Look how they finish. You see how Teoscar got that and stood there. Take your pitcher. That's what we used to call it in batting practice. Take your pitcher. Finish it and take your pitcher and hold it there. That'll just get you used to getting that feel of, you know, how short it can be, how long through it it can be to get into your finish. And, you know, they need him. Like, they give, give Snyder credit, too, because he has looked a lot better. It would be easy to move him up in the order. He just looks, for me anyway, now I know Chapman is a little all over the place, right? I mean, sometimes you can throw him heater, sometimes you can't. Sometimes you can flip it to him, right? He's not a great hitter, no. but he's a very streaky power hitter. And right now he's going through one of those bad streaks. And I hope John just leaves Teoscar where he's at. Like, that was, my, six hole that was, my, ne- that was my next question because we yeah. do know that John, John will move guys up and down in the well, he's order. he's only going to move him up a spot. He ain't going to hit anywhere yeah. near in the four or up. Right, and I think what, what was John's line when we talked to him on Monday? He talked about he wants to get Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero. He wants them to come up as often as possible. Sure. And I think, with all due respect to Teoscar, I think Springer, Bichette, and Guerrero are, are going to be treated a little more differently than he is. But I'm with you because I, I yeah. the fifth or sixth, I don't know. I mean, as, as much as Kirky gets on base, Teoscar's going to come up with a lot of dudes on base. And remember, when he's up, you're in scoring position, standing at first. Like he can do, yeah. th- he can do things. Like big part of the field ain't really big part for him. I mean, I, I I know people have heard me say this before. He has more power than anybody on that team, and it ain't close. I mean, I, I know everybody said Vladdy to the poolside. Dude goes right center in the flight deck yeah. in batting practice. Human beings can't go there. Yeah. No, he is. It's uh, crazy. It, it is absolutely crazy. It is. That's uh, why it's hard to give up on him. Like, I know everybody's yelling, yeah, screaming to trade him. But, man, you see, he does things like this. Ah, don't grow on trees. Yeah, I think the thing with, you know, is it, is it hard to give up on Teoscar? We can have this discussion in the offseason. I think it, it's got as much to do with the fact that they haven't been able to come to a contractual agreement with him as it is as it is production. I I just think with this organization, the clock runs out at some time with at, at one point with players. And either you're signed or you're not signed. And if you're not signed, and they need some turn you end up moving on. I think and we they can do. agree. Yep. They do. Absolutely. They absolutely do. Mm-hmm. Uh Jason Stark is senior baseball writer with the Athletic. He's also host of the Starkville podcast. We're going to ask Jason where Aaron Judge's season ranks among the best he's seen. We're going to talk about Don Mattingly leaving the Marlins. What type of manager do the Marlins need? They've got a lot of good young pitching. Of course, they've had a lot of good young pitching for three or four years now. Talk to Jason as well about how the Jays should set up their postseason rotation. I'm I'm really interested in getting Jason's take as well on on the, the postseason. Is baseball happy with what they're seeing so far? Are there as many races as there thought there would be. We'll find out next. Jason Stark joins us. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, Sportsnet 360, and wherever you get your favorite podcast. Starting Monday, be sure to tune into the J.D. Bunkus podcast. Weekday mornings at 9 on Sportsnet 590, The Fan, or wherever you find your favorite podcasts.
got to be the most. We've talked about balls in some time in the air. I'm not going there. Talking about Aaron Judge's specially marked up balls. Kevin Gossman wondering about. Uh, Big talk, buddy. Yeah, I didn't get that. pitch to throw. Yeah. I just didn't get the whole slider reference. I don't know if he was kind of trying to talk himself into being angry or. Yeah, Stanton hits behind Judge, too, which is a little odd. So you'd be like so many balls ahead. (laughs) (laughs) Like, I mean, he's he's searching. Uh, It's good fun, though. It's good Ah, fun. A little. Yeah, it's good fun. Again, I just thought about Barrios. Not being able to spin that thing off his fingers. Uh, Jason Stark is senior baseball writer with The Athletic. He's host of the Starkville podcast, and uh, we're very pleased that he joins us on Blair and Barker. Jason, thanks so much for your time. As always, uh, you know, we appreciate it. You're, I got to ask you this. When did baseball start this thing of marking up balls? Great question. Um, you, you know, whenever, for, for historical <laughs> reference. Okay, I don't. I don't remember exactly. Uh, they definitely did it in '98 during McGuire Sosa. They did. Okay. I, pre- I think. I, I think they did it in 1995 with Ripken. Oh, okay. Uh, before that, I don't, I, I don't know. I can't. Yeah. Like, we've had a lot of a lot of records being chased in the age of memorabilia. Yes. And authenticating the memorabilia is pretty helpful. You know yes. what I mean? Yes. For obvious reasons. <laughs> yeah. No, I was, I, we, a bunch of us were sitting around. Actually, well, Shulman was involved in it and Marley Rivera yesterday. We were kind of just kind of talking about this. And, and I kind of posited the question. Like, I don't, when did this start? When did this start happening? My, my thought was that it might have been with Bonds. But you're right. Oh, no, on because definitely before that. It, it was. Definitely. Because I remember Sammy Sosa showing one of the, in a, in a post game thing i remember him showing us the ball and and uh and and there was a little there was a little marking on it but uh yeah you were on that mcguire sosa trail a little bit weren't you jeff yeah um i followed mcguire around that year and i saw him hit 17 homers (laughs) and it it was something you know it's so confusing now to look back on your memories and try to know what to make of them because we obviously know a lot more now than we knew then. Yeah. I thought at the time that was the most exciting thing that I ever covered because much like when Aaron Judge comes to the plate now, you're wondering as he's marching up there, what am I going to get to see now, next? Uh, we saw some sights then. I think we're seeing some incredible sights now with Judge. Yeah, that, uh, listen, you're right. We, I mean, we know now that we we have to put Maguire and Sosa and Bonds too in in, in a different context, but I, I still believe at the time, you know, the split screen battle, the fact that it was you, you had, I mean, let's face it, you had Sosa people and you had Maguire people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you really did. You're a Sosa guy or you were a Maguire guy. I mean, that that's just the way it was. And I still think I still believe that that was that was a huge, huge part of baseball kind of regaining its footing after ninety ninety four. It really was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, of course. Um, you know, again, like the, one of the really cool things about being around for all those games and all those weeks was not just the games, the homers, the history, but it was amazing, Jeff. Who showed up at the yeah. park? 
Well, like, we, you know, we were out there one day, and Bruce Springsteen was leaning against the batting cage. Really? <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> you know, yeah. TV stopped by. Mm. And that's because those, you know, those were the most romantic, most famous, most um, most global and accessible records in yeah. any sport. You know, that you, know, you didn't have to be a baseball fan. You, you could be uh, a grandma walking down Main Street, and you knew what, what 60 home runs meant. You knew what 61 meant. And we've lost that. I do think this guy has breathed some magic back into those numbers, but it's never going to have the same cultural significance now that it had then for obvious reasons. Jason, do you think he makes less money if he doesn't break the record in no. the offseason? Do you, you think that matters? Not at this point, Kevin. He's, yeah, like, he's so. got 60 bombs, man, and he saved that team from an epic collapse. Yeah, but it's not 62, right? I mean, you can look at it that way. Parker, I'm not. I'm, I'm standing aside here, man. Am I, am I, I'm overthinking this thing. Huh? Yeah, I would love to be in that negotiation uh, when Brian Cashman yeah, yeah, looks at Judge's agent and says, hey, we're, only, an give, extra year. we're only giving him $46 <laughs> million instead of 50 because he only hit 60. You know, I, it, it, you know, like there's always money in, in history. There's yeah, always yeah. money in these magic numbers. So I, it's hard for me to know exactly how that translates, but there's only been three men in the history of the Yankees who mm-hmm. have hit 60 homers, right? Yeah. Babe Ruth, Roger Maris, and this guy. I I think he's marketable. I think he's employable. Sure, sure. I think he's I I think he's going to be able to afford the new microwave. Okay, I'll, I'll ask a better question. Do you think if if he doesn't hit another home run, he still wins the MVP? Uh, I do. Yeah, I do because well, you have to. You know, I, I did this in my uh, column last Friday. You have to take a step back and look not just at the home run numbers, but everything. Because take a look. Like he leads the league in runs scored by 30. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the list of players who've done that in history, it's three. It's Babe Ruth, Ricky Henderson, and some guy in 1876 who was born before the Civil War. He, he leads in total bases. Leads the league by 86. Mm-hmm. Uh, like five players in history have done that. One of them in the last 75 years, right? So it's that kind of thing. This leads leading in all three triple crown categories, leading in all three slash line triple crown categories on base slugging, OPS, leading the league in homers by more than 20. Uh, leading the league in OPS by almost 100, leading the league in most times on base by 32. Like, nobody does this. I went and took a look. I couldn't, I couldn't find anybody, anybody who led the league in all these categories by this amount. Ted Williams was the closest. Yeah, and, and it's like anything else, I think, when it, it's difficult to sort of do a cross- generational to to compare statistics or records through generations but the one thing i really believe jason is one thing you can do is look at how close number two was to the guy in those categories right because that tells you something that kind of puts it in context like i was telling someone the other day this is yeah i mean mcguire and sosa that was a terrific season to to cover i bond 73 i mean at the time i thought it you know it was bonds and there was a lot involved with it, but I enjoyed it. But this, I, I think this is, this is the best season I've seen. It's the best season I've seen. The only thing I think that could 
that could push this out of the way is somebody beating DiMaggio's record or somebody hitting 400. That's it. Um, yeah, I mean, the, like, if you're talking about what would have to happen to get North America hanging on every swing even more than everybody is now, I think those are the two feats that would do it. Mm-hmm. But in terms of just a total greatness, do you think it's possible that Judge and Otani are having the two greatest seasons by baseball players in our lifetime at the same time yes. in the same year? It's possible. Oh, absolutely. It's possible. I, I, I think it's that's why the whole MVP argument is, you know, even for a person like myself who believes just I feel the MVP needs to be in a contending team. Mm-hmm. I just do. But, man, it's still hard to it, – it, it's still hard not to look at the, at the other guy and just kind of shake your head. You know, he's two, play, he's two players in one. Like, I, my whole thing I – am, I am just – I cannot wait to see somebody – to see him hit free agency and somebody put a dollar value in what he does, Jason. That – you know, yeah, I mean – That's going to be an all-time contract. Oh, God, yeah. It might it really be an all-time is. contract for sports. Never mind. Never mind uh, Major League Baseball. I mean, look. Thanks for bringing this up, Jeff. Because I'm, I'm telling you, we don't talk about this guy enough. I, there's been nothing like him in the history of sports. Like I keep laughing at myself every time I think he's got a chance to lead the American League in strikeout ratio mm. and triples. <laughs> yeah. That's I know. Nuts. Pick two, pick two stats where you're not going to see. It's just not going to happen. It's not going to happen. Um, hey, uh, quick question. The Jays, uh, as we sit here right now, uh, their magic number is three. The, you know, one of the talking points in this city is John Schneider talking about I will, he will start Alec Manoa in the final game of the regular season if home field is at stake as opposed to starting him, even if that means he's – his uses are restricted in the playoffs. I go back and forth in this. You know, I think there's a certain amount of pressure on John Schneider, frankly, to have some home games here because this is a team that hasn't, you know, that spent a large chunk mm-hmm. of time on the road. And frankly, three home gates would not be the worst thing. Uh, would not be the worst thing for ownership. But philosophically, how do you view this? You know, if you had your choice. And what would you rather have, Alec Manoa pitching in the game to clinch home field or Alec Manoa pitching at home in game one of the playoffs? Uh, well, wait a second. Uh, you're, 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 I mean, he's doing this, right, because he'd rather have Alec Manoa secure home field than, right. than, than not, right? So yeah. um, I, I talked to him about this a little bit last week. And I, I personally think that their best chance to advance is Manoa Gosman games one two, mm-hmm. and I, I wouldn't. I understand the meaning of home field, uh, especially in Rogers Center. There's nothing like that place in October. Um, but if it's Gosman game one. Barrio stripling in some order, games two and three, with Manoa to piggyback in game three if you need him on three days rest. That would scare me. It would. Mm-hmm. Um, that, like those, that first round, that three-game series, is going to be so intense. Yeah. 
And what he told me is he, he, he really, honestly, it might depend on the matchup as much as anything. Mm. Uh, he, he, you know, that's a little different factor than home field. Right. Um, how do you match up with that team? I, and I, he didn't go into specifics with me, but that, that's definitely a big part of their thinking. Jason, put a bow on the the Jays and the Yankees. If they met in the playoffs, who do you? How do you think that would go? That series. Uh, man, um, you know, I, 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 as you guys know from talking to me all year, uh, mm-hmm. that I think the Jays are they're dangerous, especially the way they're playing now. Um, and like you've got, you had a chance to watch that Yankees bullpen again last night, mm-hmm. and it's. It's you know to have to walk that tightrope in October, where all right, you're going to try to match up and pick the right guy for the right spot with those games on the line. That's a lot of decisions that have to go right every night, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, I I would give the Jays a real chance to beat the Yankees because they don't have that doubt right now. Yeah, the, uh, the the their bullpen is um, you know, compared to what we were seeing earlier in the year. It's just uh, and and I, and I noticed that last night. They're just Aaron's got it. Aaron's going to have to do some managing. I mean, he is. I mean, <laughs> well that's said. the only way to put yeah. it. No, he's going to have to do some managing with that bullpen because mm-hmm. it, it it looks to me at times as if he just doesn't know what he's going to get out of his guy. He's he's trying to find a guy, you know, just a guy that I can that I that's going to give me this. Over and yeah. over and over again, and um, I don't think he has that guy right now. I, he doesn't like he, you know, uh, Aroldis Chapman is not even usable yes. right now. Uh, his last outing, it was twice as many balls as strikes. You, you, you can't run that guy out there in a big spot. Clay Clay Holmes was amazing for the first half of the year. He has hit the wall, and then injuries and uncertainty with some of these guys coming back. Uh, what's Zach Britton right now? I I don't think there's a safe answer to any question. Mm-hmm. What, like once you get beyond Loisaka, who what's he going to get from anybody? Yeah. Does he does he really know? And their season's on the line. His job's on the line. <laughs> it's a lot of pressure to have to deal with, man. Jason, is the Astros the best team in baseball? Uh, yeah, I think they're the team with the fewest holes and the biggest upside. They just, you know, their, their pitching just keeps on coming. They have, they have so many great arms with a million different looks, uh, incredible lineup full of guys who have been there and done this and can beat you every way that you can win a game. And like, I don't even think you can quite say that about the Dodgers. Can you? Um, I don't think so. You know, it, they're having one of the great pitching seasons in the history of baseball and one of the great seasons, period. And they don't know who's pitching tonight. <laughs> you know, right. It's amazing to, to, to see how Dave Roberts does that juggling act. But he's going to face a lot of the same stuff. Can you trust Craig Kimball right now? How? Last question before I let you run. Don Mattingly and the Marlins are parting ways. What are the Marlins right now? And, and, and Jason, if you were a prospective manager or – or, or you are the Marlins and you're looking at a manager. What do you, what's the right fit there? Who's the right fit there? 
Um, you know, Jeff, they're a really confusing team. I, I don't think this, the move wasn't confusing. It was inevitable. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Don Mattingly, man. He's so likable and honest, uh, especially for a guy who was once a star player. But yep. Kim Ng and, and this regime didn't hire him. They're turning over everyone and everything. So I understand that part of it. But they they have talent there. Uh, the, man, they have great young arms. Uh, and when you have that, you have the makings of a much better team than what than what we've seen. They, they've had massive underachievement, massive. I, I, you know, I'm going to guess they'll want what most teams seem to want these days: young, analytically savvy, good with young players. <laughs> Probably some kind of Yankees ties that never seems to hurt on that team. But right. I, I understand why teams shop for that, but it's funny. I look at managers who have an impact these days, and I see Dusty Baker and Brian Snitker and mm-hmm. Buck Showalter and Terry Francona and even Rob Thompson, all these guys who have been there and done this and can run a game and run a team. For some reason, most teams aren't looking for that, but we don't value that enough. No, and I think you mentioned Tito and the job that he did with that has done with that young team in Cleveland. The um, best. You know, that's I mean if I was running the if I was running the Marlins, I would be that would be giving me pause, you know, cause to reflect on 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 what I was going to do cuz I, I think you're right. I I think we there's still a value attached to the older guy who's been there and seen a bunch of things and can relate to players, to young players, which Tito clearly can do. Oh, my God, he's the best at it. And, you know, running the game is not some kind of lab experiment. It feels like it sometimes watching some of these guys manage. Let's see what happens if we try this. Really? <laughs> I don't like Buck. When I watch Buck Showalter run a game and run a team, and see the attention to every detail on the field, off the field, how the lockers are arranged, everything about how you how you develop and maintain a culture, how you motivate star players. Um, you really want to bring in a guy who's never done it when you you're that team. I I think that's a mistake, but. Well, I think about it. When when you fire a manager, you're always looking for the opposite of what you just had. Mm-hmm. And so Don Mattingly is the kind of guy we're, we were just talking about. They'll bring in the opposite. They'll bring in some guy who's 37, you know, and, and <laughs> understands the meaning of expected weighted on base. Yes, exactly. Jason, really good of you to do this, my friend. Thanks so much. Thanks a lot. Always enjoy it, guys. Thanks. Take care. It's Jason Stark of the Athletic Starkville Podcast. You can catch wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Um, always a great listen. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – the Marlins are kind of an kind of an intriguing team in, in a lot of ways because they do have those arms, man. Yeah, I, uh, on, the, on the everyday guys, I, I think they brought up some guys that they thought were going to be better. That's not. Yeah, they've had some they've 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 had some issues with their with their position player. Sure. Uh, with their ability to bring up position players, that that's been a um, that's that's been a that's been a real concern. But mm-hmm. my goodness, they they do have some arms. Um, it's really good. And and I guess the thing too, if you're if you are the Marlins, you know you're looking at that division, and 
I mean, the Mets are always going to have a lot of money. The Braves aren't an old team by any stretch of the imagination, nope. and they got everybody signed for mm-hmm. eternity. Mm-hmm. Uh, 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 you know, the Phillies are the Phillies are a couple of good pitchers. How much away do you from, want to spend for a wild card? Well, exactly. Yep. And and oh, by the way, the Washington Nationals in a couple of years, once they're coming. sold, mm-hmm. they did. It looks like they did pretty well in that Soto deal. Initial sure. indications, it looks like they got some guys who are going to play for them. Mm-hmm. They're going to have new ownership. They're going to have money. And, and if, if a guy like Ted Leonsis takes over the team, they're going to have new aggressive ownership with money. Mm-hmm. If, I, if I'm the Marlins, I'm, I'm looking at that division and going, where is our window of opportunity? And you're right. How, how do we, what are we playing for? Yeah. Are we playing for for wild card? Mm-hmm. And it's it's a difficult it, it it's a difficult division. It's a it's a difficult division, and it's it's on the verge of becoming one of the real tough divisions in baseball. Getting there, I'm because I'm, de- I'm dead serious. The the Nationals, you know, you talk to there are a couple of scouts here, guys doing advanced scouting, you know, for the postseason for different teams, and I ran into one of them in the elevator yesterday, and and we were talking, and he. He'd seen the Nationals, and he was, had seen some of their young players, and he said they are. He said that that's going to be an interesting team, and not next year, but he said two or three years down the road, that's going to be a really interesting team. They did they did really well mm-hmm. on that deal, and as I said, you know that they're going to spend money, so, uh, yeah. So there you go, uh, Jason talking about the whole Manoa. Um, when you start, Manoa. yeah, it's a, it's a, I, I think the ma- the matchup is maybe one thing that we have that we have overlooked a bit, and I wonder how that that has to factor into John Schneider's thinking. You know, look, it's either going to be the Rays, it's either going to be the Rays or the Mariners. It sounds like home field's a big deal for them. If they have to pitch Manoa, they're going to do it. Yeah. No matter what we think, I, a perfect scenario, you wouldn't have to, and he could start game one, obviously. Yeah. But if you have to throw him. Yeah, I think they're going to throw. And there is, as someone of the organization pointed out to me yesterday, you know, there is a scenario where we don't, where that last game doesn't matter. Like, we're kind of sitting here saying, oh, my God, home, take a look at the standings right now. Mm-hmm. There's a scenario where it really doesn't matter. Sure. And all this discussion becomes becomes secondary to how do we ensure that Alec Manoa gets enough rest and is good to go in that first That's game. why you walk Judge in the 10th inning. That's so exactly you why you walk Judge in the 10th inning. And you don't have to worry about those three games. That's exactly right. Joe Siddles, our Blue Jays central analyst. He'll join us next. It's Blair and Barker on Sportsnet 590, The Fan. Sportsnet 360 and wherever you get your favorite podcast.